Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. You're listening to a message from the Poimano, bringing you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and mega church pastor, Dag Heward Mills. Our Wednesday teaching is a Bible lesson from the book of Revelation. Today, Bishop Dag preaches about one of the many forms of God and gives you a breakdown on each of the seven types of eyes that any born-again Christian should aim to have. Let's listen to today's teaching. Lord 
Robinson, far from the peaceful shore, buried deeply stained with sin, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters he lifted me, now say, say the Look above, Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by his hands out of the angry waves. He's the master of the sea, and billows his will obey. He your savior wants to be, be saved today.
Father, we are thankful for today. We are thankful for your presence here. Thankful for the opportunity that we have. In the name of Jesus, we ask, Lord, that you guide us into all truth. Lead us not into temptation. Bless us. We are thanking you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Right, turn with me to Revelations. Chapter 5. Tonight, I just have a short Bible lesson from the book of Revelations. And I believe we shall be blessed. Amen. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Stop weeping. Behold, the lamb that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. And I saw between the throne and the four living creatures and the elders, a lamb standing as if slain. Amen. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Amen. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Amen. Now, tonight I'm talking about the seven eyes of the Lamb. Hallelujah. The seven eyes of the Lamb. Amen. How many want to know about the seven eyes of the Lamb? <laughs> All right. Now, um, one of the things you must first note is that every book I believe has a seal. Sometimes the seal is personalized. You find out that this, the book is sealed as far as you are concerned. When a book has not been translated into a language, it is sealed as far as those people who speak that language is concerned, are concerned. So if my book has not been translated into French, as far as the people who speak French are concerned, the book is totally sealed. All right. So there are different things that seal books. Now, sometimes a book is sealed to you. Everybody can see or some people can see, but you cannot see. And so every time you have a book, even a Bible, you must pray that the seals of the book will be broken as far as you are concerned. One day we'll have opportunity 
to look at the seven seals that seal a book. And you'll find out that there are seven different ways in which a book is locked out from you. Are you understanding? But today we are not looking at the seven seals. We are looking at the seven eyes of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And it's not a highfalutin message. It's a practical message. Now, when we saw the lion, it said that who can open this book? It said the lion. But when they looked at the lion, it was a lamb. Do you understand? It was a lamb that was slain. So you realize that uh, a lamb that was slain was a lion. Amen. So you find out that God, right, has different forms, right? One of the forms that he has is a humble appearing form, form or format, right? So we should all endeavor. You know, these are things about Christ, who is our Savior and who we are endeavoring to follow. We should all endeavor to look humble. Amen. Because the Bible speaks of a proud look. You, you look proud. Especially if you are tall, you look proud. Right? Did you know that when you are tall, you, people always accuse you of being proud? Right? And um, sometimes, even by the way you, you, the way you look or the way you appear, right? Sometimes by your dressing and so on and so forth. You, or even the, the, your steps, the way you walk, or the way you sit, and the way you answer a question, and, and the way you smile, or the way you don't smile, and the way you say nothing when you are asked a question. All these can have a different appearance from the appearance of a lamb that was slain. Because I'm saying that when you saw the lion, he looked like a lamb, not just a lamb, but a lamb that was slain. What do you think? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. So, we should, we, we, we also should learn not to judge people and the greatness of a person by his appearance. The greatness of a person is not determined by how the person looks. And therefore, if you want to be great, do not spend your time trying to look great on the outside. Because when in heaven, the greatest of all, the one under uh, whom uh, who all principalities and powers in heaven and earth and under the earth, had been put under his feet. Uh, when we saw him, what they saw was a humble lamb that was slain. Wow. So, sisters, when you are at home, look humble. Don't look unapproachable or unreachable or unspeakable too or untouchable. Because that is the appearance of a queen. But even if you are a queen, 
or you are a princess of the Lord, you must look like a lamb that was slain. Even if you are a lion, look like a lamb that was slain. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen from the sisters? Last week was daughter, you can make it. And we are making it more today. Hallelujah. And, and, and all of us, you know, when you see somebody at the gate, or you see someone who looks, because you see, poverty has a picture. When you see, you know, so this is a poor man. Being a nobody in society has a picture. No matter how you try to say, you can't tell by the outward appearance, there is a common stereotype. When you see it, you know this is a poor man. When you see a poor man, it could be Christ passing by. So I want to encourage all of us not to be so moved by what you see. And when you get to the place where you are not so moved by what you see and what people are doing on the outward, you yourself will be able to begin to do things which are not investments in outer appearances. Amen. Yes. There's no need to invest so much in becoming outwardly great. Because when they saw the greatest, what did they see? A lamb that was slain. But this lamb that was slain was a special lamb. It had seven eyes and seven horns. The seven horns of the lamb speak of authority. When the Bible speaks of the horn of something, it speaks of the authority. And so when David's authority was being established, he said, I will establish you like the horn of the unicorn. And your horns, it, it, there are many references to the horns. And the horns often speak of the power and the authority that a person has. Are you listening to me? Now also you see the seven eyes, which is our subject this evening for a short while. Wow, I cannot see your timer. Now you, you, you have, um, what do you call it? Uh, the seven eyes. Now the first thing that you should note about the eyes are that it's good to have many eyes. Amen. Because if it was better to have just two eyes, the lamb would have had two eyes. <laughs> but he has seven eyes. It must be a good thing to have seven eyes. In fact, it must be the best thing to have seven eyes. May your eyes increase from today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Alright. So there are different kinds of eyes. And so I am going to share with you about the seven eyes of the lamb. Now the first eye of the lamb, which I believe you are also going to begin to have more eyes from tonight. How many are going to receive eyes tonight? By the time we close, you are going to go out of here with different eyes. When somebody sees you, tell the person, I, by the way, I have seven eyes. So be careful of me. Hallelujah. The first eye is the normal physical eye. Amen. Alright. The second eye, I'm giving you seven eyes. I actually have more than seven eyes, but I'm going to give you just seven of the eyes. Because the lamb has seven eyes. The second eye, the eyes of your heart. 
And in Ephesians chapter 1, all right, it says in verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Amen. Amen. So, another eye that you actually have. So, I'm actually helping you to discover eyes and to have eyes. Amen. It's the eye of the heart. Okay? Now, everybody must begin to develop these other eyes. One time, Joyner was uh, in the book called the, the Call. He met a young man, and the young man uh, saw, he, he asked the man, what do you see? And he saw a lot of people. He said, I see despair, confusion, frustration, pain, imprisonment. Then he told him, close your eyes. And he said, look again with the eyes of your heart. What do you see? So he made him close his eyes in the vision. And when he closed his eyes, right, he, he said, look with the eyes of your heart. What do you see? Right? And when he looked, he said, I see treasures. You know, I see apostles. I see men of God, people that God has called. Instead of the sea of confusion and frustration, when I closed my eye, the physical eyes, and I looked with the eyes of my heart, I saw something else. And that is sometimes what a father sees in children who sometimes people rule out this person. But because they have another eye, and they are looking at the person with another eye, not the eye that others have looked at the person with and ruled the person out, but another of the seven eyes are looking at the person, you can see that this person is a treasure. You see, what did he say that you will see? He said that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened so that you know the hope of your calling. Anytime you look with the eyes of your heart, you see hope. Yes. Anytime you look with the eyes of your heart, you see hope. And then you, and he says, and that, and what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints? Hallelujah. So every time you look with the eyes of your heart at a situation which looks hopeless, when you close your physical eyes and you see with the eyes of your heart, you begin to see a, a new hope that you never saw before in that situation. The hope of your calling. Wow. Because, because in those days when you were called, you know, it's all gloom and terror and arrests and death and martyrdom for following Christ. You know, and many times you are in a situation, it's only gloomy. You, when you go, those of you who have the, this book, I recommend it to you. It's called The Call. You have it in the bookshop by Rick Joyner. Go get a copy. You see him talking to a young man. There are a lot of things in, 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 in that uh, powerful little book there, you know. And uh, he said to him, you know, you see frustration, despair, confusion, death, despair. But he said, close your eyes. Come on. And God is calling me to tell you tonight, close your eyes. Those eyes that are looking at the badness of the situation. And look again. I said, look again with another eye. That's why the lamb has seven eyes. And not just two eyes or one eye. He has seven eyes. 
because it's better to have seven eyes than to have two eyes. And he looked again and suddenly he saw hope. The hope of your calling. And then he saw what riches of his inheritance in Christ Jesus. May your eye begin to see the riches of the inheritance of the saints. You see, unbelievers, they don't have what we have. Because they don't have hope. Hope keeps a man alive. I don't even know how they counsel them. One man came to see the doctor. He was totally depressed about a situation and about his life. As the doctor counseled him, the doctor realized that the man was severely depressed and very sad. So among the other therapies that he gave him, he said to him, I want you to watch comedies like Osofo Dazi and Mr. Bean and who else? Huh? Super Odi. Bob Okala. Okada. Okay. Okala. Anyway, so I don't know which of the comedians he told him. So he said, do you see this channel, this television uh, program of this very funny man? Watch him every day. And it will help to revive you. You see, this is a secular advice counseling center. So when the doctor finished telling this man what to do, the man said to him, Sir, I am the man in the film. I, I am that comedian that you are asking me to go and watch. I am the man. I am the saddest man on this earth. I make people happy. And my work is to make people laugh, but inside, I am the one so depressed and so sad. Wow. That is why Paul prayed that the eyes of your heart should be enlightened. That you will now begin to have hope. Do you have a child who looks useless? Close your eyes and look at the child again. I said, close your eyes and look at the child again. And look at the child with the eyes of your heart. Do you have a situation? This is a pastoral message. Yeah, this is a pastor, pastor's message. Are you in a situation that looks like it can never go? When you go this way, it's dark. When you go this way, it's black. When you go this way, it's not working. Close your eyes, brother. Sister, close your eyes and look again. Look again. Are you in a marriage that looks like the worst marriage of all time? Eh? Are you in a marriage that you wish you were never in that marriage? Close your eyes right now and look again at that marriage and you will see the riches that God has given to you in that marriage. Daughter, close your eyes and daughter, open the other, the other eyes. Look again. Are you not married? And with the eyes of your life, you see your situation and you say, 
what is the use of my life if I'm not a married woman? I came tonight with some good news for you. Sister, I said, I came with some good news for you. Close those eyes of yours, those physical eyes, and open the eyes of your heart. And look at your life again. With the eyes of your heart, you will see great hope. Hope for tomorrow. Hope for the future. Hope for better days ahead. Brighter days. And you begin to sing a song that says that joy cometh in the morning. Weeping may endure for the night. But at the end of the day, there will be joy. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Yeah. So these are the second eye. I was telling you there are seven of them. And it's a lesson, a Bible lesson, so I can't stay too long on the second eye of the Lamb. Hallelujah. The third eye is the eye for visions and dreams. When the eye for visions and dreams is not there, you get it, you never see visions and dreams. But it shall come to pass in Acts chapter 2. In those days, hallelujah, that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind and on your sons and your daughters and they shall prophesy and your young men shall see they shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams wow that's the third eye the eye for visions and dreams you see, you can have a life where you never see visions and you never see dreams. It's because that eye is closed or it's not there. It's one of your seven eyes. May your eye for dreams and visions be enlightened today. The first eye is the eye that sees what is there in the physical. The second eye is the eye of your heart. And the third eye is the eye for dreams and visions. Wow. E. May you have eyes to see. Listen, let me tell you something. A man without dreams and visions is lacking something. You lack something. One of your eyes is closed. Cannot see. You must see visions and dreams. So when you don't see, pray about it. Pray earnestly. Say, Lord, when I came to church today, I realized that one of my seven eyes is not working. Many times we go for miracle crusades and people say, one eye, I couldn't see. But now, I can see. From tonight, you shall begin to see dreams and visions in Jesus' name. Hey, 
what a difference it can make in your life. I'm doing Healing Jesus Crusade partly because of a vision I had. Most of what I do now are because of that third eye. The eye for visions and dreams. I had a vision in my room, in my study, when I was sitting in my chair, praying. Twice. I was, it's a black chair. Maybe there's an anointing in that chair. Twice I was sitting. I was not lying down. I was sitting. Those two visions are the pivots around which most of my activities now are guided. Yes. There were visions and dreams that guided me into what I'm doing now. And most of the time, I have visions and dreams about my spiritual children or people that are connected to me. Because their life concerns me. Yeah. Sometimes I have visions when I lay hands on people. Sometimes I have visions about people that I've never seen, I've not seen for a very long time. Those kind of visions, especially you, take note of them. Never be ashamed of your vision. It is because of your shame of your vision that God has decided that uh, you are like you are like you are like a one-eyed journalist whose eye was born in Iraq and one eye is closed when you don't have visions and dreams. Cornelius, he had a vision and he saw a real angel and the angel spoke to him. Peter, he had a vision of animals when he was hungry. And he had a vision of animals. He was so hungry and he had a vision of animals and something the being said, eat, eat, kill it. That vision, that looked like a carnal vision. As if it is not true. That's, that is what opened the door of the gospel to all the Gentile world. It is because you are expecting only an angel or this upper level type of visions and dreams. But you see, sometimes because God has given you another gift, he's not going to give you that gift. Well, Peter was a chief apostle. You, you want to see everything. Mary Magdalene had no, I mean, opportunity for anything much to do. That's why Jesus decided to give her the open vision to see him and all that. Peter, you have been giving, you have made a rock, you have been this, this, and what again do you want to see? You were taken up to the mountain and so on. So, I mean, your, your visions, you see animals and others when you are sleeping. These are what you can have. You get what I'm saying? Or oh, you don't understand what I'm talking about? What again do you want to see? And, and sometimes pastors have very limited vision because of the authority and the position that God has given to them. You understand? Because your, your gift has been is major in another area. But you must force that eye to also open because yes. it is also needed for you to do well in the ministry. May your eyes of dreams and visions materialize. Now, when that eye is open, there is another level where it opens into audio visions and video visions. 
We have two types of visions. Audio and video. Audio visions, you'll be hearing audio. And video, you'll be seeing. And in the video, we have types of videos. Trances and things that are like you. And you see, one of the things about visions and dreams is that you forget it almost within five minutes of waking up. So if you are not ready to write it down, within the first three minutes, I can promise you never remember any vision and dream. And even when you write it down, you read it later, yes. you are so surprised at the visions and dreams that you have had before. May you be endowed with an eye for visions in Jesus' name. How many eyes do you have now? Three eyes. Four, number four. Eye number four. Turn to Habakkuk chapter two. You see another eye there. Habakkuk chapter. Can you find Habakkuk? It's right there. Habakkuk gives us the eye for visions to run. Visions that make you run and that make you live in a certain way. The eye for another kind of vision. The vision that makes you run. Verse 3. For the vision, uh, verse 2. And the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision. Inscribe it on tablets. That the one who reads it may run. Visions that make you run. Shake somebody and tell the person, Visions that make you run. Amen. Visions that make you run. All right. Write the vision and record it that the one who reads it may run. Amen. Now, you find out that there are visions that make you live your life in a certain way. When somebody came to see me and said, Congratulations. He was congratulating me when he saw the codex. I said, why? He said, oh, you have vision. What he was trying to say was not that I have seen a vision or a dream. It's another kind of vision. That's the kind of vision that Yongicho speaks about. He speaks about vision that a person has. He's a man of vision. And he says something. He says that your vision makes you. You don't make your vision. It's your vision that makes you what you are going to become. So if you are here, you have a vision to be the president of America. You may decide to go to certain schools. You may decide to do certain things because you have got a vision. You want to be a minister, you may live your life in a certain way because you've got a vision. You want to be an evangelist, you may do certain things because you've got a vision. Want to be a pastor, you have a vision. Want to be a rich man, you have a vision. There are certain things you do. And sometimes when you have a vision, it makes all the difference in your life. People without vision don't become anything. 
whenever you meet a young person who has vision, he becomes and he does great things in his life, with his life. But sometimes people ask, what's the key to be successful? Should I do this? Should I do masters? Should I do that? Should I do whatever? You get it? And then they say, um, I want to do this. I want to go to Canada. I want to do my masters. After that, I want to go here. But they don't have a vision of what they want to really do or become. Yeah. When I finished my school, I wanted to become a minister of the gospel. And so I followed a line. With my little group, I became a preacher. Is that not so? And I've been following that dream. God wants me to come. I want to be an evangelist. I want to be an evangelist now. Because I believe that's what God wants me to do. So it makes me do certain things. So whatever your vision is, that is really what determines. But most people float through this life just doing whatever they meet. When you pass this exam, don't do it. You go here. After that, when this opportunity comes, you go here. Now, I didn't get a visa, so okay, I'll be in the church. Uh, well, I can't get this. Okay, so I'll come and work in, in, the, in, the, uh, in this uh, bank for some time. After that, I'll do this. Uh, they don't really have any particular thing that they want to do or become with their lives. And the earlier you have your vision of what you want to be, the earlier your life begins to be orderly. So young people, when you see somebody by the age of 25, when I was 25 years old, I was a pastor. I already knew that line that I wanted to be. When I finished medical school, I became a doctor. I had a mind. I didn't know it clearly, but there was a vision of working for God. So things which are out of that vision are out of my life. May you have a vision. And may that vision drive you and make you become what God wants you to become in your life, in Jesus' name. Don't be aimless. There are some ladies who have a vision to marry. They really want to marry, and I can see it. To marry and to have children, that's their vision. And, and some of them, you see that they even make the because of that, they even make themselves spiritual when they are not spiritual. I've seen it many times. Unspiritual people who... Why? No, I've seen it over and over again. People who are not spiritual, they make them, they, they, they look spiritual. And it's part of the accomplishing of their vision. And the main vision is to be a married woman and to have children. They do everything for it. If I have to dance in the church, if I have to do whatever, and so on, they do it. And then after they get what they are after, that's, that's when you begin to see that, ah, you are the wife of so-so and so, how come you are like this? But even this man at all, what did he see when he was marrying you? What did he see? He saw an actor in full display. Who knows how to say hallelujah? Who knows how to say amen? Who knows how to do everything? Who had a vision of marriage? I'll marry, I'll have children. Yeah. I remember one sister, she was getting married to an unbeliever. And the unbeliever 
unbeliever-like type of person. And even he was already manifesting his future behavior. And the pastor told the girl, listen, this man, you are going to have a trouble. She said, I would rather have the trouble than be without a husband. I would I prefer. I, I want it than to be without trouble and unmarried. So that vision, and, and some people have a vision to have a child. That is why no matter heaven or earth, at the age of even 54, the doctor will say, when you give birth, you will die. I say, I, I would like to give birth and die than to be without a child. It's a very strong passion and vision. And I'm saying that everybody has a different vision and passion. And you must ask yourself, what is the vision for your life? I have come to see, you know, that perhaps that is the one thing that doesn't let people prosper. Don't really know what you really want. So when this thing comes, you go here. When this thing, you see some young lady say, the Lord, the Lord has called me. I really love the Lord. Especially during worship time. You watch around, you see that. Really worshiping. And then you see James Bond will come along to marry the person. And you tell the person, Do you know this is James Bond? He has a lot of girlfriends. And you see somebody who said she was called to even be a missionary. I want to go to China. I want to die for God. I want to do anything. And you see the person she's following. You ask yourself, Was it really her vision? You don't really have that vision. But if you have that vision, you can immediately see the person who is about to spoil that vision in your life. Yes. Whatever your vision is, it makes you go a certain way. I, I heard that Bill Clinton wanted to be a president of America, not recently, for years ago. And that is why he went to Oxford University. And that was his dream. And he did all the things that build up to that. Recently, somebody was giving me some advice. He said, if you want to be a good evangelist, do this, do this, do that. So, interesting advice, which I won't tell you this evening. Because your ears are full of hearing. <laughs> Ask the person next to you, you are tall, what is your vision? You are tall. What is your vision in this life? All right. What is the time? You people look very sleepy. I feel like stopping. How many eyes have I given you? Four eyes. Are you sure you want... To have seven eyes. Are you really sure? Okay. The next one. You see, I have another eye that made me see something. That's why I said I want to stop preaching. Apart from the eye that you are seeing. Now, the next one is the eye for recognizing people. In Matthew chapter 12, are you there? 
Jesus was speaking about himself. And he said, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. No sign will be given by the sign of Jonah. Are you there? Then he goes on in verse 41, and he says, The men of Nineveh will stand up with the generation at the judgment and will condemn it because they repented of the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up with this generation at the judgment and will condemn it because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Somebody greater than Jonah is standing in front of you and somebody greater than Solomon is standing in front of you but you cannot recognize him. There is a certain eye of recognition and that is the eye that recognizes people who they are. May God open your eyes to be able to recognize those that are sent into your life. Because without the ability to recognize people, they come into your life, you either misuse them, mishandle them, reject them, or you don't hold them. Sometimes when I'm preaching and I mention Rick Joyner, and I mention, today I was telling somebody to read page 103 of uh, the book, The Call. In fact, today I've told about three different groups. You see, I know I've recognized the person in the spirit. In fact, one of my wishes is that I will not meet him in the flesh. Because I don't want my human interaction with him to minimize my recognition of who I'm dealing with. It can affect that I. I've got sons and daughters who God has called me to be their father in the spirit. But they don't recognize me. It's true, they don't recognize me. You see, that's what Jesus was talking about. He said, Jonah. Eh? Jonah. The people responded though. Solomon, they responded and even they came as far as from the queen of the south. She came. People recognized him and then from as far as the south, they traveled to come. I said, what is here is far greater than Solomon, far greater than Jonah. And yet they can't see it. You cannot recognize people. You can't recognize helpers. You can't recognize your own wife when she comes to you. You can't recognize your own husband when he is sent to you. Anything that some people don't get married because when the husband is sent to them, they look at him and they don't recognize him. They say, Jack Toronto, get out of my sight. I don't need you. You are a small boy. You are a small boy. You are nobody. You are nothing. And you drive him away out of your life because you couldn't recognize your husband when he came to you. Hey! Eye number five was closed. An eye was totally closed. The eye of recognition. 
cognition. That's why the Bible said the lamb had a lamb having seven eyes. Seven eyes. An eye to see in the physical. An eye of the heart. An eye that sees visions and dreams. An eye that sees a vision of his life that makes him run in a certain way. And the eye that recognizes when I see you, I say, I know you. I know you. God sent you to my life. That's why I, I, I'll, meet, I'll meet people and I'll be cutting from a person who has been sent to me. And you, the one who has been sent to you, you don't even know what he has written. Recently, I sat by a man of God who is a friend of a joiner. In fact, a close friend. And I told him, do you know him? He said, I know him very well. I sat by him for several hours. As I was talking, I said, you don't know him. So I took my final question, it was in my bag. I brought it out for six hours. As I talk to this, he asked, what else is in the book? <laughs> and I'll open another place for myself. He said, what else is in the book? He was afraid. I, I showed him all about his life. He was a pastor. I said, you are a pastor? Look at this. He said, he has written, but I said, read this book. I showed him a man in heaven that he said, when the man got to heaven and he saw the books he had written, he wanted to grind them into powder. He was so ashamed of the type of book that he had written on earth. I told him, you have written books, so be careful. This one also applies to you. You are in the book. Hey! After five and a half hours, he asked me, he said, I now see why this book is famous. Because you see, you see somebody, but you don't recognize the person. A greater than Solomon and a greater than Jonah. He will be holding hands with you and walking like that. Because you only recognize lions in the form of big teeth. But not in the form of a lamb that was slain. You can't recognize it. Are you there? Ask the person next to you. Charlie, how many eyes are closed? And which of the eyes are working? The next one, the eye for signs. Signs. He said, teacher, we want to see a sign. But he answered, an evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign. Yet no sign will be given by the sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus rebuked them because when certain things were happening, they couldn't see what it meant. Hey, my sister, certain things happen in your life, remember, it is a sign. Some of you are here, you almost died, but you didn't die. Still, you cannot see that it is a sign 
of a second chance and a third chance. Eh? You can't see still that it's a sign. Things happen in your life. You cannot see that this is a sign from God. God does not just only speak with preaching messages. There are things that are in your life that are supposed to speak to you. I number seven. And there's an eighth and a ninth, but I won't give you seven. The seventh and the last I. Hmm. Turn to Psalm 11. Hey, did I say Psalm 11? No. I will not give you that I. Psalm 19. There are so many eyes. You see, the seven eyes, it could also be seven pairs of eyes, which is 14 eyes. <laughs> Stand up, everybody. We are, we are closing, but I'll, I'll give you this eye and close. I want to sit down for the last eye. All right. Psalm 19, verse. The eye to see your sinfulness. And your wretchedness. You know, you can have a meeting for three hours and show somebody something, but you cannot see it. Hey, those of so that we can meet with people and explain to them, do you know you are like this? He cannot see. Hey, when you do counseling, eh, you will see that people do not understand what you are saying. Sit down. Hmm? On Sunday, I was having different meetings. As we talked and talked, we realized that the people concerned cannot see what we are talking about. It's, it's fantastic. And I realized that it's a gift to see yourself. That is why when Paul said, I'm the chief of sinners, oh wretched man that I am, if people think that it's poetry, it's not poetry, it is, he has seen. Oh wretched man that I am, it's not nice words to fill the Bible. It's the truth. Oh wretched man that I am. Psalm 19, verse 12. Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of hidden faults. What does the King James say? Who? From secret faults. Who can discern? And then verse 13 says, also Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins and let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Bishop Adi, the day you are able to descend your faults, that is the day you become blameless. 
Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Then I shall be acquitted of great transgressions. Let them not rule over me. You see, when you can't recognize something is there, it rules you without you knowing that it's ruling you. Hey! Your real fault, which is hidden to yourself, is actually dominating you. You see, when you are proud, you can't see. One of the most difficult things to see is pride. And that is why sometimes we have such conflict with other brothers and sisters. Because I'm pointing out to you, but you can't see. And it's easy for me to see, and it's easy for you to see mine, and I can't see mine. But who can discern his own errors? Oh. Then they shall not rule over me. You see, as soon as you can see how you are, how you are will not dominate you. Wow. This is the highest point. Is the seventh eye. Because it's the eye that leads to true repentance and God saving you from yourself. Salvation is not only from the devil, but from yourself. How I am. When I look at myself, I don't feel that I can qualify for heaven in truth. At first, I thought when I have a crusade, I see thousands of people, I would be so happy and say that, wow, I am becoming Reinhard Bonke. But now when I have the crusades, and I see. I rather feel more useless and more helpless and more useless is the word. I feel I contribute very little. Huh? Who can see himself? How little I can do. Solomon was blessed when he built his glorious temple. He was able to see himself that he had done nothing. So he said, He said, Lord, even heaven and earth cannot contain how much more this small house that I have built. Small Kodesh cannot contain it. That's why I'm happy that I'm no more the pastor here. Lest this place should minister delusions to me and tell me something that is not true. Who can discern? Then those things will now not control me that I've been free. But most of us, when they tell you, you are like this, you say, who be? You rather. Your mouth like I am like this. Your face. Since I was born, nobody has, nobody has told me such a stupid thing. Foolish. Then yourself will come past. Nonsense. Who born you? Get up and you say whatever occurs to your mind. Are you the accuser of the brethren? Who made you into God? To see. And meanwhile, all the things they are saying are true. Hey! Who can discern his own errors? In other words, who has got the number seven eye? I number seven. The seven eyes of the Lamb. 
the eye to see in the physical. The eye of the heart that sees the hope yeah. and the riches that are really there beneath the surface. The eye to see visions and dreams that will guide. The eye to have a vision for your life to run in this life. The eye that recognizes people. You are this. You are my helper. You are my wife. You are my husband. You are my friend. You are my pastor. You are my father. You are my child. The eye that sees the signs and understands what it means. And the eye that can look. You see, all these eyes look here. You know that some parts of you, you need a mirror to see. Because based on the two eyes you have, you cannot see that place. But when the Lord increases the number of eyes that you have, his blessing will surely be upon your life. Stand to your feet and give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Just lay hands on your eyes and just pray to God for a moment. Lord, touch my eye. My eyes and give me more eyes to see more things that I cannot see today. I thank you for your blessing. Touch me, Lord. Mandesico tolosinde quebrelidos. Mandele de besembe le pede kamanda mandala bashende le beke mandala. My God, my God, my God, my God. Pele remendele pere melendele pere remendele pele remendele pele remendele bele. Mambele de besimbro lo me quebrele shembala la mandala la ba. Hariandele me shipala mala sunele le beke bele. Kalo la basutila ramilele shimelele. Jesus, candomo sendelebe. Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord. Mando komorolomo. Lift your hands up and just thank God for new eyes. The eyes to see what you couldn't see before. Pele, pale, romonole, shembele debeke mandara babande. Oh God. Oh God, we thank you for opening our eyes. That our sins will not rule over us anymore. Our hidden thoughts will not dominate our lives anymore. Then we shall be acquitted. And then we shall become blameless. We are thanking you, Father, for your great provision and your great blessing that has been given to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lay hands on your heart and just receive the eyes of your heart are being enlightened. Lord, enlighten my the eyes of my heart that I may I may have hope for tomorrow. I may have I may have eyes to see something better, some riches, Lord, that are being given by the power of the Holy Spirit 
Ah, Jesus, touch the eyes of my heart. We are thanking you, Father, for your great blessing. And above all, Lord, open our eyes that we may see ourselves. Who we are and who we are not and how we are. Our own deceptions and delusions. Our own wretchedness, oh God, as we truly are before you. For none can hide before you. Nothing is hidden before you. You see us as we truly are. Have mercy, Jesus. We are thanking you, Father. We are thanking you for your mercy. In the name of Jesus, we are thanking you. Just thank God for his mercy. His grace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, Maybe you are here tonight. You are not a born again Christian. What to say, Pastor? I want to give my life to God today. See yourself today that you are just nothing but a sinner who needs to be saved and your sins to be washed by the blood of Jesus. If you are here tonight, you want to say, Pastor? You want to say, Pastor? Pray with me. I don't want to go to hell. I want you to help me because I want to go to heaven. I want to give my life to God. Please pray with me before we close. Thank you. As every head is bowed, if you are here, you want to give your life to God. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want me to pray with you to be saved today. You want your sins to be washed away. Just lift up your right hand wherever you are standing. Just, just lift your right hand up high. And I'm going to pray with you. How easy can it be? How easier can it get? Just lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you. And God is going to wash away your sins with his precious blood. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see all your hands. God bless Lift it up high. Pastor, help me to know God today. Thank you. God bless you. If you've lifted your hand, I want you to come to me. Come all the way to me here. I am coming downstairs to meet you. I want you to come from the back. Come from wherever you are. Come to meet me. I want to shake your hand. I want to pray with you. Your sins are going to be washed away. God bless you. Clap for them as they come. God bless you. Come from wherever you are standing. You lifted your hand way over there. Just walk to me down here. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you. Somebody else lifted your hand over there. Come quickly. Come quickly, I'm waiting from the back there. I saw your hand. God bless you. Come, 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 come. Oh, I encourage them as they come to the Lord tonight. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Close your eyes. It's a blessing to see your own sin. It's just a blessing. How many realize that it's a blessing to see? Because the blessing is that it will not rule over you. And it will not dominate your life again. But once you cannot see something, it dominates you. Hey! Mercy. Pray this prayer. Those of you in front here, my sister, come. God bless you. Listen, if you are standing there, you know. If you die on the way home, you don't know whether you go to heaven or hell. My friend, you better come down here right now. This is your last chance. Don't joke with your life. We are not talking about sardines and sugar. We are talking about your soul. Your soul. Your soul. Whether your soul will go to heaven or hell. Tonight. 
Come, if you are standing there, you are not sure. Don't play with your life. You are playing with fire. Come to Jesus now. Before something bad happens to you. Thank you, Jesus, for your blessing. You have a last chance to walk quickly all the way to the front. Close your eyes here, those of you in front, and everybody join and say this prayer. Say, Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. Please have mercy on me. Oh, God. Oh, God. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Please have mercy on me. Please wash away my sins with the blood of Jesus. From today, say it out loud. From today, I give my life, I give my heart to Jesus. Come into my heart, Jesus. Wash my sins away. From tonight, from tonight, I belong to God. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.